No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of X-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Just a quick recap, it is now January 2017 and I just broke up with Ben after three years of being together and moved back to Oregon. Athena finally has some leverage over Ben after I gave her the fake documents that he created and Ben's secret mistress, Deanna, just quit her job after he promised her a position with a nonprofit that never existed. Now, let's get on with the story. Season 1, Episode 23, Fool's Gold. I was finally free from the toxic, drama-filled relationship with Ben. Finally, I found the strength after three years to be done. The engagement was over and everything in my being knew that I made the right decision. But I'm not going to lie, it hurt. And I struggled with giving up the dream Ben painted so vividly of marriage, kids, a home, and family vacations. How long was it, do you think? Once I called you and said, I want to come home and my job said I could work remotely. Oh, I would think it was more than a week or two. It was there that day we were moving oh, it out. There. Oh, I thought he acted a little odd. Um, he didn't have much contact with us. He kind of was in and out of the house. And I think he helped move a few things out, but he didn't say much, just acting a little strange. He didn't seem like he had very much emotion. No. I just think he was a little uncomfortable or maybe a little embarrassed, you know. I mean, he just didn't have much to say at all. He just kind of stayed away. I think towards the very last, when you were looking at stuff in the garage or things, I think he helped put a few things in there. But I was glad he did stay out of the way because at that point, I really didn't want to talk to him. And I didn't really have any much, much to say. So I'm glad he kind of did stay out of the way. I think he was actually shocked that I actually was going through it because I had threatened it so much. Yeah. And he, if he was going to throw a fit or anything, he didn't do anything with me there. Right. Very passive and very quiet. Yeah. Did you think that this was it for good? I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping it was it for good. Um, except uh, get, her then, of, get her out of Washington and get her back here, and maybe that would be for good. I was hoping. Okay, but then at that point, I moved in with you, and you could hear him begging and pleading for me to take him back oh, yeah. and to get married. And I couldn't understand why you just didn't close the door. I was hoping you would close the door and just not answer the calls. Because he he was very good at, you know, saying all the right things to you to get you to give in. Yeah. I mean, do you remember him saying, well, I'm going to move down there anyways, regardless if you take me back. I can't handle it with Athena. So I remember him saying, well, I'm going to be down there anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was he was basically saying he was willing to move down there and, and buy a house. And yeah, he's moving down regardless. Yeah. And I thought, great. I know. <laughs> I think I was not strong at that point, And I couldn't handle someone crying like that and so devastated because he's so well, obsessive about it. We're, I'm sure, I don't know how many times he threatened to kill himself, but I'm sure there were threats. I don't know about when you moved back if he made those threats, but I always thought that you were afraid that he would do something to himself if... You know, he got in the right frame of mind. Breaking up with a guy like Ben isn't easy. No sooner had the moving van pulled up to my parents' house when the barrage of texts, phone calls, and emails came flooding in. 
He begged and pleaded for me to reconsider and to not give up on us. He would send pictures daily of our family trips and date nights to jog my memory of the good times. And when that didn't work, he moved on to the woe is me, I can't live without you and threats of suicide. He even had Sydney call me to do his dirty work. He would say things like, how can you do this to Sydney? I thought you loved her. Or she doesn't have a good mom and now the only other mom she's ever known is abandoning her. I was mentally checked out. I wasn't sad. I was relieved. It just felt like, finally, I'm done. I wanted to leave after the first year. And you through, which was awesome. Yeah. I just kind of felt, yeah, no, I'm done. Like, you're just so drained after three and a half years. I never got my answers. Things weren't getting better. It was always kicking the, t- the can down the road, stalling, getting time. Oh, Athena, this. No, I can't get her to sign off and this and that. So when I did move home, it was just like, no, I'm done. I kind of sprung it on him like a few days before I did it. And I didn't extend the invitation. I literally was like, I'm I'm done. It was begging and pleading for a while, just like you sending the barrage of pictures from all of your best memories, all the Disneyland pictures. And here's us with Sydney. And I just blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's just this barrage of He gets almost obsessive. It's like a million emails, a million text messages, phone calls all day, every day. No matter how strong I thought I was, I felt myself growing weaker and weaker with every message Ben sent. I remember him telling me one day that it really didn't matter if I took him back or not because he couldn't deal with Athena by himself and would be so miserable in Seattle that he was going to move to Oregon anyways. He had a good friend that worked at Nike that gave him an in with the company. It's truly sick of me to even say this, but I knew how obsessive he could get, and I knew he wouldn't just leave me alone. There was no escaping him. There is a reason they say to go no contact with a man like this, because they wear you down until you cave. I didn't even realize how toxic my relationship was because it happened slowly over time. Just like the saying about boiling a frog. If you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it will instantly leap out. But if you put it in a pot filled with pleasantly tepid water and gradually heat it, the frog will remain in the water until it boils to death. I was the frog. And all of a sudden you feel a little weaker and a little weaker. Yes. And a little weaker. And I'm answering the calls, which it's like you girls, if you ever have to like break up with someone like this, cold Turkey, it's the way to go lose this number, block him. Do not keep any doors open for being a friend or anything because you'll get sucked back in. And this maybe is not right, but my gut instinct thinks that once he said, I'll move to Oregon. And if he goes through the motions that maybe he could get me wooed to, to volunteer to go back. And I wasn't, yeah. he would, he would say things like, you know, Sydney's really going to be torn up and I'm really worried about this, that, and the other thing. And he'd kind of guilt me into maybe seeing if I would volunteer to go back. And oh, I never did. Sure, I remember. So I think that's what the plan was maybe to talk me into oh, going back to 100%, Seattle. 100%, 100%. Yeah. And I just wasn't, I wasn't backing down because he would even tell me he was trying to do that. Yeah. I, in my mind was a hundred percent, like, this is my decision. I am not going back. This is it. I told you, you're not invited. If you feel like you want to come and you want to make this happen, these, these, and these things have to happen. It's on my terms now, not yours. I had to rationalize my decision to fix my relationship with Ben. So I thought to myself, maybe with him being in Oregon, we'll be able to start fresh and drama free. I knew that with my family and friends close by, I would have the support I needed as well. I also knew that if it didn't work here, then it would never work. I told Ben that I meant business, and if he wanted to be with me, then he needed to get his shit together. If he wanted to be married like he professed to me over and over and over, then it needed to happen. If he wanted to have kids, then let's get on it. If he wanted a house, get a real estate agent. And within a week or two, everything was scheduled and we were moving full steam ahead. So I had moved around Christmas time 
by by a month, three to four weeks later. Okay. It was, you know, I want all these things with you, Amber. I I know our futures together. I want to marry you. I want to have kids. I want to buy a house. I want to do all this stuff just like with you. Literally exactly the same, same stuff. Timeline. Oh yeah. And so it's crazy. It's like, bing, so yeah, bing, he does the same pattern and I'm sure he's done it with other girlfriends too. And, um, I, I just remember saying like, I've made the decision, Ben, I'm not moving back to Seattle. I'm not doing this. I was so alone there and I had no friends or family, no support system. And like, I live here now and I'm not moving. I'm and not moving back. So he set the IVF appointment, right? Yeah, I mean, literally within yeah. a week of him saying, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Yep. Look at houses. Uh huh. Let's pick up where we left off with Deanna's story. She is now jobless and dependent on Ben to help pay her bills. And let's not forget that Ben used a different last name and birth date, so she couldn't find him online. None of his family nor his friends really know about her, and he is still only seeing her sporadically during the weekdays. She was on a mission to figure out who the hell Ben really was, and boy did she ever. And this time she was done and ended things for the second time. In an email to him, she says, I'll never see you as anything, anything but a fraud friend. and a coward. You even lied about your name, false trips, fake companies, fake charities. Who does that? We never lifted to you. We never shared anything. I never spent more than one night with you. Last of which was in April at your place and August at mine. You've left me alone on every holiday, every birthday, every emergency, every life event. You promised me the world, but used money to abuse and control me. Meeting you was a total waste of time. You're a terrible man lying under the guise of a small town boy. You're, You're a, a fraud. fraud a cheat, a liar, and morally reprehensible. The only thing he was able to manipulate me with was your daughter. I know. Was children. Mm -hmm. And um, within two months, I had another job and I was like... Toxic men like Ben are masters of gaslighting and will blatantly deny their own manipulative behavior and ignore evidence when confronted with it. They're pathological liars and always have an excuse, and oftentimes using pity plays and sympathy stories to divert attention away from their bad behavior. And when the narcissist or psychopath realizes you want to leave, they'll be nice again, but only as nice as they have to be, because as soon as you come back, they go back to their abusive behavior. Of course, this is exactly what Ben did, and when confronted by Deanna's accusations, he had an immediate response and knew just how to win her back. In a lengthy email, he told her that he wanted to introduce her to the most important people in his life and that he was so sorry that he neglected her for all those months. It was just that he took on too much between a job promotion, his mom, and selling his big project. His goal was actually to free up his plate so they could quote-unquote spend more time together. But... As expected, he also played the sympathy card by telling her that he was also hit by a drunk driver the night before, and he had three broken ribs, a dislocated hip, and his neck was hurt. He even went so far as to send a photo of himself with his waist bandaged up. The problem? It was all a lie. There was no promotion. His mom wasn't moving into a retirement home. He didn't sell any big project, nor was he in a car wreck. Where was he? reconciling with his wife, spending Christmas with her in Sydney, and making plans to move to Oregon and get married. He would rescind cash apps, he would rescind checks, he would rescind any sort of help. And while he's coming in saying, let me help you, I feel really bad, these investors didn't participate, which happens a lot with nonprofits. It absolutely, 100%, backers back out. They lose funding, they decide to donate to a different charity that might get them more tax breaks. It is a common occurrence. Yes. And so that happening was like, well, you're a dick, you're gonna help me out. Help me out until I do this, because it's not right, and you should have told me right away. He's like, yeah. let me be your hero. And I was like, ugh, fine, I need to help my kid. 
What you didn't know is that after Deanna finds out Ben's real name, he does come clean. Well, sort of. Why? Because one of Deanna's friends lived on the same street as me and Ben in Kirkland, and they would actually see me walking our dog Boogie every day. And when they realized that's where Ben lived, they told Deanna that he lived with a woman. Well, it happened to work out in Ben's favor because I had just moved back to Oregon. He confessed to Deanna that he was engaged and that we broke up and showed her his empty house. He must have done some serious smooth talking because it still didn't negate the fact that she now knew that he was with me the entire first eight months of their relationship and he used a fake name. Major, major red flags, but he was able to con her into staying just like with me and just like with Athena and all the other women before us. Now back to my story. Once we agreed to give it another go, it was going to take a couple of months before Ben could get down to Oregon. Our lease was up in May, so I spent my time shuttling between Seattle and Portland temporarily while he tied up loose ends with his job and finalized a new long-distance parenting plan with Athena. And immediately, we began looking for a home, and by early February, we put an offer on an amazing property in West Lynn. While it needed some cosmetic updates, it had some good potential. The backyard had a magical quality about it with lots of trees, and so I jokingly called it the Boogie Woods house after our dog. Closing was scheduled for my birth date, March 12th, but it fell through, and we had to ask for a six-week extension. I thought it was strange that Ben didn't want me on the loan, and he assured me that I made so little money that it wouldn't really make a difference and his income was more than enough to qualify. And the additional time was fine because we were still working on the long-distance parenting plan with Athena and the timing aligned with the date of our wedding, May 22nd. I moved in the very beginning of January. My birthday was in March. We got married in May. So we were supposed to close on our house before we even got married. And then it fell through, which was weird. We all kind of thought, oh, Okay. So we had no intention of being a long distance couple ever. We were supposed to have a house immediately. Were you suspicious at all during that point? No, not at that time. I mean, I thought, okay, well, he is following through with things he was going to do. It was a nice house. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this is the start they need. So, you know, no, I wasn't suspicious. In my mind, four months of doing long distance wasn't that big of a deal. Everything would get situated and we'd be able to enjoy the summer. In the meantime, Ben surprised me with tickets to Vegas to see Bon Jovi in concert for my 40th birthday. It was so sweet of him and we had so much fun. He was actually following through with everything and this was a side of him I'd never experienced. Maybe he really had changed. I found out those tickets, actually, he originally was going to take one of his girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He canceled on her. Was she there that day anyway? Yes. At the concert. Yeah. So the only weird, suspicious thing that I noticed was that he went to go get us beers, and I swear to God, he was gone 40 minutes. So I remember thinking, God, he went to go get his beers forever ago. It's been like 40 minutes. Where is he? He was calling her because she could have seen us. Literally. Like, we were in the same location in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Center at this concert. She went and bought her own tickets and she went anyway. I think her family lives there. And yeah. so she was there. He and was so he was calling hope. her. He freaked the hell out because when he found out she was there, then he was like begging her to leave because he was so hurt that she went without him anyways. He obviously lied and told her he had something come up. So he was like, please leave. I, I'm, it breaks my heart that you went without me. And that was fun, supposed to be something that me and you did. And all the while, I'm sitting there. believe it? Or did she know he was up to something? Uh, no, I think she believed him. But she didn't leave. Oh, thank God. But he had begged okay. for like yeah. a really long time. He finally came back and brought my beer. And we had a great time. But I'm sure he was scared shitless that he was going to get caught. 
Thankfully, Ben followed through and he paid me back the money he'd taken from me when I'd sold my home in Kirkland within the 48-hour time frame that I'd actually given him. He also continued the whole act about him being this nice, agreeable, and thankful man who had just turned over a new leaf. Chris and I were very aware that this was all a charade and the real Ben would be emerging within weeks. Ben had told us that he was able to finally break things off with Amber and that she had actually moved back to Oregon. Things seemed calm for a short period of time, but I knew that was a bad sign. I'm sure many of you are thinking, how does things being calm equate to a bad sign? Well, when it comes to Ben, he has guaranteed telltale signs that are extremely obvious. My internal alarms sound and warn me that he is up to no good. For instance, if Ben is acting too nice and not stirring up drama out of thin air, then you know he is plotting and scheming. Another sign is when he suddenly has work trips planned and consistently asked to swap our days with Sydney. And lastly, when Ben asked to keep his daughter an extra day, that's when I really know something is up. And sure enough, just as we suspected, Sydney confirmed that her father and Amber were together. I realized that he was obviously driving back and forth to see Amber every week. So when Ben would drop off Sydney, I would let him know that I was very aware that he and Amber were back together and that he didn't need to lie about it. Ben would smirk and say, I'm really not sure what's going on between us, but I am lonely and Sydney does miss her. I remember Sydney returning home to me excited to share the news and excitement about a house that they were moving into in Oregon. Sydney told me all about Boogie Woods, which was a forested area that their house backed up to and that she knew that Boogie would absolutely love it. Sydney also told me about her new bedroom and what the pictures looked like. I even heard Amber and Sydney talking about the home in Boogie Woods on a FaceTime call a few times those following weeks. And that is when I knew that I needed to dig a little deeper to see what Ben was exactly up to. Give me my money. Yeah. Show me the money right now. How much was it? again. Okay. It wasn't that much, but it was probably, I think the total was like over 7,000. I think one was around 4,700 and one was 3,000 and somewhat change. So, and that's from bailing him out of jail and paying for his steroid addiction. Oh, that's from him. Thing, right. Ending. So that he was, was going bond that he said he paid off completely. And they went and got a lien against my house. You were completely unaware until you completely sold your house. Completely unaware. Yeah. Then he pretended to go into rehab for steroid abuse. And we've talked about this where he would go there and I'd say, show me proof. And he would take pictures of the front door, the sign, but he would turn around and leave. So later, even though we were already physically divorced when they came after me for it, they said, it doesn't matter because during that time frame, you were married to him. Therefore, he filed bankruptcy and now we're coming after you. But because I did that, he had to have been so mad. He probably never thought in a million years that I would do that. He probably was shitting himself completely. When did you start getting suspicious? Like, mm, he's being abnormally quiet. Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as you went back that he would be all over it trying to win you back. Oh, I can't, yeah. I can't drive back there. Oh, can I have her an extra day? Oh, I think I'm going to be a little bit late. It's like, okay. Yeah, just, yeah. You can't get back from Oregon up to Washington in time and you're up to no good. She ended up talking about Boogie Woods, the house, because I, I actually brought it up to her. And I think that was my way of like, I don't know. I just, I guess I was suspicious that he probably didn't tell her. So involving her was a good thing. Yeah. So I remember going, hey, Sydney, look at our house. We just put an offer on a house. And like, I'm sure he was dying. Like very normal thing to do, by the way. Yeah. In a way it was like, if Sydney knows, then it's more official because I don't know, he just drags his feet. I'll tell her in my own time. He always wanted to do things privately. You go in and say goodnight, Amber. And then I will after you, he would I know. like, and that's when I started getting suspicious. I thought it was just really strange. It was always like, let me talk to Sydney on my own. And I never knew what he was telling her. Ben continued to downplay he and Amber's relationship and deny that they were purchasing a home. But I knew all too well that Ben must be leading Amber to believe that this was actually all happening. I also knew that it was only a matter of weeks, maybe a month, that her dreams of purchasing a home would be shattered. This wasn't Ben's first time at pretending to, to buy a house and then never following through, but just in case for some crazy reason he was able to actually follow through with his purchase, I knew that when he came to drop off Sydney, he and I needed to have a serious chat. 
especially because he would be moving out of state and only a few months back, he had drafted up the fake new parenting plan that displayed a long distance schedule. As soon as they arrived, I asked Sydney to go play upstairs in her room so that her father and I could speak. Ben and I walked into our game room and I hopped up and I sat on the edge of our pool table. I tried to present myself in this carefree demeanor and I tried to tease him a little bit and keep the conversation light in hopes that he would follow my lead and actually be honest about what was going on down in Oregon. I told him that I knew about the house and that I was very happy for them and that Sydney was very excited about her new bedroom. I then told him he had my blessing to move to Oregon and that we could figure out a new parenting schedule that allowed him to see Sydney on the weekends, school breaks, and possibly a longer stay during the summer break. Ben shot me down immediately and he told me that he would never leave Sydney and move to another state and that's why he could not commit to a relationship with Amber. He then explained that they had spent the past three years together and so, of course, he loved her. But one thing remained the same and that was he would never move to Oregon. Ben went on to tell me that it was Amber and Amber alone that was looking for a home to rent and that she was the only person who would be paying rent and the only person on the lease. He was up to no good. He was going to be taking advantage of you. I was, I thought it was mean because... I didn't know if you were going to be getting the mortgage in your name totally, um, and be stuck with this huge debt. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. And, uh, and then what happened was Sydney did come to me because she admitted that Ben was telling her that but they're not moving, that they're not moving. And we just have to pretend because Amber will be really sad. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that he will not move away from her. So just to go along with it. So when she talks to you, just go along with it because we don't want her to be sad. That is horrible. I that know. is so horrible. So then I, I knew everything I thought, Chris and I thought was confirmed 100%. Yeah. So I had no idea, but that doesn't surprise me. But that's probably when he really started having Sydney start lying for him. Yeah. Was that because he didn't expect that I would tell her. I don't know what he was thinking. I think he probably was forced to tell Sydney, like, I'm not moving. Cause I, I told her and I showed her the house like, yay, you know, here we are. So he kind of had to. Exactly. And then as I knew you were doing that on purpose, I had an inkling you were doing that. I was bringing up like, oh, exciting. Wow. Very You're probably like, cool. good. Go Ben. <laughs> Get the hell out of I was. Chris and I were like, please yes, go. go. Yeah. We gave him a blessing. Yes, go. I remember when we went to court a while ago, there were so many emails submitted where it was just like, yes, please go, whatever you need. Yeah. We'll go. figure it out. We want you to be happy. Bye. We're not buying a house. We're renting a house. Sydney's mm. just really confused. Mm, of course. Yeah. Those pictures and everything. It's, it's her doing it by herself. She's moved back home. She was with living with her parents. She has an amazing job. She makes very good money. She can afford it by herself. So <laughs> not hardly, not yeah. even close. So that that's house was I like $600,000 and that was back in 2017. So it's probably a million dollar house now. Yeah. And then so and there's no I, way I can yeah, afford exactly. that. And I knew he was lying. I'd already lived it, breathed it. And oh, just totally. to, you know, Sydney talk about it. I knew this was not a rental house. And I was like, and these are the things that I don't want you to hide because I want you to be happy. I want you to move on. I know mm -hmm. you guys love each other very much. And to look at Cindy be so excited, I was like, that warms my heart. So whatever mm -hmm. we need to do, a long distance parenting plan, um, let's figure it out. And, and then, he did not. He probably freaked. He freaked. freaked. Yeah. I told you. He wasn't mean, but he just actually, he, he you know, that smug smile he does. He's yeah. Like, Thanks. Thanks, Athena. Uh, uh, Pats me. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you being so nice. God. And he's like, but I've told you, I'm never leaving my child. I'm never leaving Washington State. But yeah. you're kind of warning him like, well, I hope to God you're not putting her in a financial situation like you did with me. Yeah. I hope you, you're a better person than that. And he just, yeah, whatever, Athena. Yeah. I just felt. Full steam ahead. I just could tell that things were progressing and that it was more and more lies. And, and of course, watching Sydney get so excited about it all. I know. And so it, yeah, just watching her, I could How just confusing. imagine what you must have been going through too. And knowing what he had done to me.
if he kept this facade going with you, then it was still going to be affecting her. I looked at Ben and blatantly told him that I sincerely hoped that this was true and that he better not be leading her on to think that he was going to be living there and paying half of the mortgage because that would be really fucked up. I also said that if he really loved her, that he wouldn't put her in a financial situation where her credit would be ruined due to the fact that he couldn't man up and just be honest about not wanting to move away from his daughter. I was finally just climbing out of the financial ruin that Ben had put me in from what he had financially done to me years ago, and I knew all too well how horrible that time in my life had been. Ben reassured me that wasn't the case, but I knew Ben, and I know he was lying straight to my face as usual. Our wedding day was a Monday and the day before the one-year anniversary of my nephew's death. Everything went off without a hitch, the sun was out, my family was there, and everybody was in good spirits. If my family was worried about me marrying Ben, I really couldn't tell. I knew this was just for technicality and that we'd have a more formal event that summer or early fall to have our family and friends celebrate with us. the IVF clinic, he booked the wedding venue or like the courthouse, like he did everything. Um, what? Yeah, when well, you said the wedding venue. What, what venue? <laughs> <laughs> At the courthouse. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. the park that had the construction everywhere. <laughs> well, that was very strange, I have to say. I mean, okay, we're going to the courthouse, but it really seemed strange to me at the last minute, all of a sudden, yeah, changed to behind the library, like a park area behind the library. So I thought that was kind of a last minute. Who does that? Yeah, and it was 100 degrees out. Yeah. Well, I know now is that he wanted to be away from the courthouse because the paperwork would have been turned in that day. I know. I mean, I didn't, right? freak out. I I didn't mean, know that. Talk about naive. I guess we were all naive. I just thought, well, gosh, why is he doing this so last minute? It was all planned. Now all of a sudden we're picking a new venue. Yeah, that didn't hit across my mind that that's what he was planning, but obviously it was. He had no idea that there was so much construction going down in that yeah. area. So we couldn't even find a place to take pictures that didn't have orange construction signs <laughs> everywhere. It's yeah. just like... I know. Oh my God. And it was a Monday. So he literally drove in that day. We went and picked up a wedding band for him on the way to the venue or wait on the way to dinner. It was so awful. I wasn't excited. I, I there was just yeah, nothing. It's like, okay, well, I guess, I guess this is going to happen. It's not like I wanted to get married, but it was like, I need to see that you're doing what you said you could do. And not quite grasping. Have more control of the situation if you're actually married, that he would do these things that you wanted him to do. I don't know. Yeah. I needed to see he was committed to me, and that was not the right way to go about it. But I think Athena kind of did something similar too. Like, you need to marry me. We just had a kid. We've been yeah. together for three and a half years. Like, you need to shit or get off the pot and commit and prove yourself. Well, that's kind of the thing. You spent. Three years up there, three and a half years up there, and you got engaged really early, and it's like, okay, and then you came back down here, it's like, well, if he's going to follow you down, I guess you guys are going to end up getting married. You know, it didn't end, you know, when you got down here. Yeah, unfortunately. Ready to go down memory lane? Ready, I'll try. <laughs> Let's start with the wedding day because <laughs> you always laugh because you notice Ben's outfits <laughs> I do I feel really bad to make fun of him but he looked really funny he, what was that guy we were saying he looked like his Urkel because Urkel. he was he had on suspenders and his pants were like high waters <laughs> well and he so uncomfortable <laughs> were you trying not to laugh when you saw him Yes. I know. I felt bad. You know, he looked nice. He had a pair of, like, tan slacks mm -hmm. and dress shoes and a white button-up shirt and He's some suspenders. He's a total ass for 
but it was funny because we all were laughing but here's the deal so he you know he gets his outfit on he's like oh my god like my suspenders are way too small and I, and they're hiking my pants <laughs> he probably should have just t- taken off the suspenders <laughs> i know he should have but like i am so short that i couldn't see the little adjustment you can adjust them Oh, funny. And so the adjustment was at the very top of his shoulders and I couldn't see it. So I was like, I don't know what to tell you. So that's how he ended up wearing the high waters and his <laughs> junk was all getting like pulled up. <laughs> yeah, he looked pretty silly. <laughs> it was Poor hard thing. to notice how funny he looked. I know. He, I'm sure he felt funny too because. But we did a good job. We didn't laugh until later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Poor thing. I mean, I know. It was such a weird vibe. Yeah, the whole thing was awkward because it had been a long time of, it seemed like you guys would have a plan and then not have a plan. It was just back and forth, back and forth. And we were all thinking this is never going to happen. So when all of a sudden you were saying, okay, it's actually happening. We're, We're meeting here. At this time, we were like, okay, and I didn't really believe it until it was actually time to get in the car and go. And even then, I was like, is he going to show up? I, I don't know, because he seemed to have an excuse all the time for why he couldn't participate in one thing or the other. I remember you wanted to go to Hawaii, and then he was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that because I want all my family and friends there, and they can't all go to Hawaii. So then you try to, okay, let's plan something around here then. And I don't even remember what all of his excuses were, but there was an excuse for everything. And it just seemed like it was never going to happen. You know, getting married is a serious thing. It's a big thing. It's legal. Like, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, by God, if you say you're going to marry me, then you are. And I was more about making sure that he followed through than anything. you guys got engaged after what? Like... Six uh-huh. weeks. Six yeah. weeks. And then didn't get married for how long? Four years. Yeah. So three and a like half. All, three and all half, that four. time of why bother even getting engaged? I can see why you were like, nothing you're telling me is turning out to be what you initially said to me. And I want you to finally <clears throat> follow through with what what you wanted to do from the start, which was get married. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was the biggest mistake. Are you guys freaking out? Because you already knew at this point how terrible it had been in the last three years where you just like, I don't even want to go to this wedding because yeah, I don't support it. Yeah, none of us it. at all. No. And that didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to attend a wedding that you were not at all excited or happy about. And to then have to pretend and yeah. pretend that we were, we just always tried to be the supportive family whether we agreed or or not because if that's what you wanted then I don't know what else we could have done so except for to show up and pretend we were happy for you guys and that's what we did (laughs) I know honestly I wasn't feeling any different than you I wasn't excited that day I was just going through the motions and being an idiot because I was more just being stubborn and making sure that he followed through with what he said he was going to do because I just I didn't feel good about taking him back I didn't really want to and then I just felt weak and he's crying and he's telling me he's moving to Oregon anyways regardless if I take him back and boo hoo hoo and I just remember thinking all right man like if you get your ass down here then I mean business don't fuck around and, and these things need to be done. And if it's not gonna work in Oregon, it's just not gonna work. The following weekend after we married, I joined Ben in Forks to visit his mom and tell her the big news. But he did something very strange. He asked if he could tell Sydney the big news privately. My first thought was that we were a family now and why wouldn't we have the conversation together? He took her into the back bedroom for what seemed like a really long time. And when they came out, she didn't really say anything. She just came over and gave me a huge hug. But I immediately sensed that something was off. 
We were supposed to close on Boogie Woods in May as well, but once again, it did not close on time and we had to ask for yet another extension. At this point, I was getting very suspicious. What the hell was going on? Ben said that his job hadn't been able to find a suitable replacement for him. Because of that, they wouldn't sign off on his employment verification that we needed for the loan. He would go on and on about how specialized and senior level he was, so it was particularly difficult to find a qualified candidate. And because his company was based in Taiwan, they were sticklers and wouldn't budge. Not to mention, Athena, of course, was giving Ben hell about moving and wouldn't sign off on the new parenting plan. Things got bumpy from here on out, and more and more things would set me off. We're talking red flags everywhere. Not that they weren't there before, but now it was even more so. For instance, when I was back staying in Seattle, Ben got a letter in the mail regarding Opal. It said that they realized that his social security number at work was incorrect, and when they fixed it, it alerted child support. And they would now be garnishing. He would also be paying health insurance for her. What the fuck? I thought we had cleared this all up, and now here we were back to square one. Previously, Ben had given me his passwords as well to show me that he had nothing to hide. He told me that he had to go to the Midwest for work, so while I was in Portland on a random Wednesday, I decided to check his Facebook. I didn't notice much of anything, but then I got to his blocked contacts, and oh my god. The list of women's names were a mile long. Who were these people, and why did he block so many women? I noticed one of the girls I had actually met before with Ben at his friend Lacey's birthday party the year prior. She was beautiful and a former ring girl from the MMA and boxing. I thought she was super nice, and we enjoyed ourselves with her that night, so what could possibly have happened that he would block her? No better way than to send her a message and find out for myself. Her response made my blood boil. I asked her if something happened because I noticed she was blocked on Ben's social media and she simply said, oh, that's weird. I don't know. I was just with him last night in Vegas. Come again? You've got to be kidding me. That motherfucker lied and said he was on a business trip. This was probably the second or third business trip in our entire relationship at this point. So it definitely wasn't a regular thing nor something that gave me red flags initially. Of course, I fully petigered out on him to the fullest extent, screaming at the top of my lungs from my parents' backyard. Ben has an answer and proof for everything. So within a day, he had emailed me copies of his plane ticket, itinerary, and hotel receipts for his business trip. All these freaking red flags were like coming at me worse than even before I got married, it was like, oh my God, do you remember me yelling and screaming in the backyard? Oh yes, yeah. We had to call you into the house so the neighbors wouldn't think we were having a knockdown drag out in the backyard. I know, I, (laughs) well, and you could hear him screaming at me. Oh yeah, yeah, it was loud, unbelievable. I thought, oh my, yeah. I I remember you saying, cause you know, obviously you hadn't been around our fights, but like, that was, you know, with me living at your house, you could hear our fights. It, it, it shouldn't be that way, a, a healthy relationship. It shouldn't be those knockdown drag outs like that. Just, yeah. I know. But you could see it firsthand with me living there. Him obsessively calling me all day, every day. All the, the garbage he was telling me and the delays and how infuriating it was. Because now we, he was supposed to have already been moved by the first three months of me coming home. And now mm-hmm. it was six months later and he still wasn't mm-hmm. down here. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for. And now I'm freaking legally tied to this person. The red flags didn't stop there. I also started receiving calls from the company we bought IVF drugs from. They said that we didn't pay and were threatening to turn it over to collections. Ben had given me his credit card to use, and now it seems he reported the purchase fraudulent. Already in debt, now I had to come up with $7,000. I was absolutely irate, and yet another epic fight ensued. Welcome to marriage, right? 
Things were getting more and more sketch by the hour, but now I was legally bound to this fucker. This is so stupid to admit, but my pride definitely took over. I was embarrassed and ashamed that I literally just took a chance on this guy again after everything he'd put me through. I blasted to the world that we got married and posted all the photos from our wedding day. I couldn't bear admitting to everybody that I fucked up again. I already knew that my friends who knew the story were talking about this unbelievable situation, but I couldn't fathom the whole world gossiping about me once I pulled the trigger and admitted that he's a big fucking loser and now I'm promptly getting a divorce because I'm an idiot. Notice the parallel between how everything imploded within a month of marrying Ben for both Athena and me? Yep, that happened. I could clearly see that the life path Amber was headed down was mimicking the exact path that Ben had led me down as well. And it's a path no one should ever have to experience. A person's credit is everything in this world. I started to think back at what I had went through after Ben had financially devastated me with his lies. Searching through couch cushions and the pockets of my clothing in order to feed my seven-year-old daughter, declining invitations from friends because I couldn't even afford to buy a drink or food, let alone the gas money to meet with them. It stirred up a lot of emotion in me, and that is why I made the decision to reach out to Amber one last time. And yes, I know that Ben had repaid the thousands of dollars he owed me so that I would not tell Amber the truth about the fake parenting plan that he was deceiving Amber with, but I honestly didn't care. I didn't owe that scheming con artist a thing. You felt compelled mm -hmm. to tell me that he had lied about the long distance parenting or lied about the, like he didn't have a lawyer. Yeah, that I knew that he was acting like he was moving down there. I had a feeling he was tricking you into believing you're getting a home, whether you were buying it on your own. I, my thought back then was that you were going to put the home in your name, expecting him to financially pay half of it. And I just thought it was really fucked up that he would do that. He probably would have. No, I wasn't a fan of you. I just, it gave me flashbacks. Morally not I right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just morally not right. I thought maybe if I used the angle of really sub like sending you proof and facts from the attorney, your own attorney, that you couldn't dispute it. Little did I know that you were already very well aware that Ben had made fake emails, and so you knew that something like that could be done. Thankfully, I had a previous email exchange between myself, Ben, and Amber's attorney. I had reached out to their attorney after Amber so kindly handed me over the fake and forged documents that Ben had created and given to her. And in this email, the attorney clearly states that he withdrew representation back in spring of 2016 and that he did not draft up a new long-distance parenting plan to accommodate Ben and Amber's move to Oregon. So, while on a break at work, I drafted up a quick email to Amber stating the truth about what was going on and how she was being lied to once more. I attached the email from their attorney as proof and pressed send. Within seconds, I received notice that the email had bounced back. Shit, she blocked my email. That's when I decided I would try one more time to get Amber the email thread, but this would be my last and final attempt of trying to save her. Because at this point, all that ever came out of me trying to warn her was wasted time, heartache, and embarrassment. I decided to ask my girlfriend to forward the email to Amber from her email account. She sent it off right then, and Amber never responded to her, but I knew it went through. I was officially done at this point, and I knew that I had tried my best, and I was at peace with it. What the fuck is this? Athena just emailed me. Oh. And, and he was like, oh my God, and he rolled his eyes. This says that your lawyer hasn't represented you. And he's like, oh my God. And so 2016. This, yes, and so this is the part where he shows me what he says that you did and so he goes come here i'll show you what she did she does amber she is so fucking manipulative she did this to me during our divorce and she like submitted fake documents and i'll show you how she did it so this is how we know so if anyone goes to your email you can forward yourself an email let's say you sent me an email so i would forward your email to myself okay and so then 
at the top, it's the to and from, the date, the time, the to, from, the subject matter. Oh, you can, underneath. You can okay, manipulate that. You can change everything. And that little to and from box, he essentially was showing me how he fraudulently fakes documents. Because when you turn stuff in in the courts, it's not from the original source. You take a screenshot of the email to turn in and you yeah. change it into a PDF. So all they want to see is the to and from and the message in the body. So you could, he could change the to and from so it looks like Athena from your email address sent to his email address with this title. And then this is the letter. And then he fills in the space. She forwarded herself Adam's original message, changed the to and from, and then forwarded it to you again. And so it looks as if it was an original message. So I was like, motherfucker. Yep. So I thought it, I thought you were being manipulative and not like, I, I, yeah, it backfired again. Like you can't win. Now back to Deanna's story just for a minute. Stay with me. She ends up taking him back and he begins paying her bills while she tries to find a job. While we're getting married and carrying on like a happy family, he's terrorizing Deanna by stopping payment on checks he'd given her if she didn't do what he wanted. Ben was working at a company where he could freely get cell phones and gave them to Deanna and her daughter to use. But little did they know the phones actually had spyware on them and he could see who they were talking to, where they were going and so much more because he had access to her iCloud with texts, contacts and emails. With the ability to see her private messages with various people, some being men, Ben's campaign to smear Deanna began and fueled his desire to control her even more and to seek revenge. It began with him creating fake email accounts on behalf of Deanna, and then he created fake correspondence that he would forward to all the men in her contact book to make it appear that she was still with him. And I felt so trapped. And anytime I tried to escape, there were exorbitant attempts, which are proven in court, exorbitant attempts to try to control me. And I was just this little thing he could hold on a mantle. It wasn't about me personally. It was about winning. It didn't, there was never any love for me. And it, and then he didn't want people to know and that he was this monster. He wanted to come in like the hero. Always, yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, he would use your daughter multiple times. And I, I've said it. I was like, she doesn't even remember my name, and you approved it. She doesn't remember my name. Now, if you think this is a lot, just wait. It's going to get even juicier. Good old Benny Boy decided that a wife and one girlfriend wasn't enough, so he proactively reached out about one month after our wedding to a woman named Avery that he had known since they were kids. Here's a little bit on how that went down amidst everything else. He knew her. And so he didn't have to go on the dating apps because he had gotten caught a couple times. And um, I remember Dee, the hairdresser, reaching out to me saying, hey, Amber, Ben's on a dating app. And he would make up some excuse. Like I was researching um, apps because he had a side business or whatnot. So he would play it off. But I think he was trying to be extra careful because you know in 2017 when they kind of reconnected he was just married and he had been carrying on an affair with Deanna for the last year Avery was living with her boyfriend Charlie at the time I think if I correctly Ben reached out to her on Instagram Mm -hmm. and they started talking about his mom and she obviously knew his mom and his mom had gotten a dog and yes. so that was his in basically like, oh, you should, you know, come stop by my mom's house. I'll be in Forks. One conversation led to another. And before long, things were heating up between the two of them. Of course, there was one problem. Avery was living with her then boyfriend, Charlie. Things hadn't been good for some time. So this budding romance with Ben gave her the motivation to finally end things with Charlie. And by August, he had moved out of their home and she was going full steam ahead with Ben. So just to recap, me and Ben are now married. 
and I'm living part-time in Seattle, part-time in Oregon. We're trying to buy a house and he's now financially supporting Deanna, who he totally screwed over. Now he's adding Avery into the mix and Sydney is keeping both women a secret from me and Athena. Let's just say we're all experiencing serious red flags, but can't figure out exactly what the fuck is going on. Now back to my story. I was so fed up with a home buying situation and Ben kept saying that we still had the house and he was working diligently with the real estate agents and lender. We're so close, Amber, just be patient, he would tell me. But I was anything but patient. I decided to get back on Zillow and browse. And sure enough, there was my house. Boogie Woods was back on the market. Okay, I'm done with all this bullshit. I called my best friend, Sarah, who was a real estate agent and asked her to call the buyer's agent to get to the bottom of this. Your husband is awful. He's been stringing us along and my buyer, or my sellers. For- it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Uh-huh. For months now, she's like, we haven't been in contract for six weeks. And she's like, they missed out on other people buying their home because we've been kind enough to extend, you know, the closing. He keeps giving us the runaround. He's That's not it. answering yeah. our phone calls. He's not, oh my gosh, I was horrified. I'm so embarrassed. That was the last straw. I was absolutely done. It was a huge mistake to marry that man, and I screamed that I wanted a divorce that night. Amber, I'm so sorry. Everything will be fine, and we can have that new beginning after all. I finally got the long-distance parenting plan signed off on by the judge, so I'm free to move, and I sold the database for $21 million. (laughs) Did I just hear that right? Well, that was a curveball I sure wasn't expecting. Everything happens for a reason. And I believe that that just wasn't our house. I wasn't in love with that house. It's kind of a fixer upper. I know you liked it, but I didn't love it. And so, and things just happen for a reason. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel because I just finally got the long distance parenting plan signed off on. She has no choice but to allow me to go. So, and it worked in our favor. We pretty much got whatever we wanted. She can't say a damn thing. Great. And he's like, and guess what? I sold the database that I told you that I had been finishing up. And so originally he said it was seven thousand, million. And I'm like, seven million? I was thinking like a couple hundred thousand maybe. Like that was in my, you know, wildest dreams. It was like, great. I mean, we could definitely pay for IVF with that. Yeah. Um, so originally, so he says seven million. To, woods. <laughs> yes. And then so by the time the contract was done that week, he said he sold it for $21 million. And I don't honestly think that- for those who can't Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, great. And I, honestly, that's so much money that I don't even, I can't wrap my brain around that. So it didn't really sink in to me. And I just remember thinking, great, yeah. then we'll just pay cash for a house. <laughs> so like, there's that. Anyone, and honestly- I didn't believe him. And so I wanted to push him into a corner to force him to tell me the truth. You're like, cool, I'll play along with this. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. Well, I think it's fair to say that a running theme with Ben is that his words and his actions are never in alignment. So when you start noticing this, It's because it's the number one sign of a toxic person. Often we hear someone's words and take them as truth, even as all the evidence points otherwise. So ladies, write this down and remember it always. When someone's words and actions do not match, trust their actions because actions reflect priorities. next time on ex-wives undercover and he would warn me like don't do it like if i ever found out you cheated on me amber i would never touch you ever again i'd be so grossed out and disgusted and yeah. how devastated he was when you did that and how it's it all really set up in case yeah. he becomes uncovered he preps how, he plans yeah. so i just i did not know it was coming 
you've got to be kidding me. I just got married like a couple months ago. I am actively trying to have a baby tracking ovulation every month with him. Paying thousands um, of dollars to do so. Yep. And <gasps> I'm currently about ready to buy a house. I just wanted to puke. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.